Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with Amanda Parker. She is a business owner, an abstract artist, and she has a crazy passion for composition, photography, game design, coding, lighting, UI, UX, video editing, storyboarding. It's almost like I'm reading about myself. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I got to connect with her by following her artwork on Insta, and I was just blown away by the level of creativity that went into her drawings. And I was like, you know, Amanda, I'm really loving what you're doing. Would you be interested in coming onto my podcast, Hacks and Hobbies? And she said, yes, I would love to. So Amanda, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Fantastic. So I see that, you know, you... And while you were attending the Art Institute, you learned a lot of skills. But what really got you into the arts? So when I was about 12, I did my first perfect realism drawing. Mm -hmm. And from there, I had an excellent art, te art teacher in high school. Mm -hmm. And she, somehow I would take like all of her classes, three hours a day. I would take the yearbook class just to be in her class. And she yeah. set up a, an advanced art room in the back for us. So she really nurtured all of me and like fellow artists skills. So that really got me into art. And then when I went to college, I really learned a lot more about, and she really kind of put us at a college level. So yeah. when I went to college, it was like really easy to get in and I was very overly prepared for it. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned so much about, you know, game design at that point and lighting and perspective, things that she hadn't gone over yet because she mm -hmm. kind of gave us free reign in the art world. So I experienced a lot of different techniques and materials. You know, I worked with oil painting, acrylic painting, watercolor. She let us do everything. We even would pick up album covers and draw those sometimes. So that really got me into art, but I didn't believe that artists could make money mm -hmm. <laughs> until I was older. So I was a waitress for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I did some other jobs um, in the healthcare industry, but I started really nurturing. I started painting and I sold some things and I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I can do this full time, yeah. you know? So that's how it kind of went for me. And then I really got into abstract work. I kind of evolved into that later. I used to think that abstract was not as skillful as realism because mm -hmm. realism is just, you know, where the you know, it took so much to make realism look perfect. Yeah. But then I realized abstract is actually the harder work because making an abstract work interesting is mm. very difficult. That's really cool. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. And now I give the full-time um, like art lessons. Mm -hmm. I've actually only got two, two private students now, but mm. um, one's an abstract artist and she just recently sold her first work. I'm very proud of her. Cool. And um, the other artist is a realism artist. So it's two very different things to be teaching, but it's really fun to, to watch them learn in advance. Wow. So, so these artist students, these private art students, are they drawing on paper, on canvas? Um, they're Digital? both painters. Okay. So, yeah. So they're both working with acrylic paint and, mm -hmm. um, Oil is a little bit more complex. I love to use every kind. I love oil paint. I love acrylic paint, uh, watercolor, everything. But they both are, they were both brand new painters when I met them. One of them has a little bit of a background in drawing. That's why she can do the realism. But the other girl um, literally had never picked up a paintbrush in her life, which has been very interesting. And she's the one that sold the uh, painting <laughs> recently and shipped it all the way to California. I'm so proud. <laughs> That is really cool. Wow. So there's, so there's different types of inks or paints that you can use to paint. That's really. Yeah. So yeah. And you what, really have to stick with one or the other. So mm, they don't really. You can switch. Well. 
so they don't mix well, but you can use one type of paint for one painting and do a different painting on it with a different paint. Yeah. Um, the difference really is like oil painting requires a lot of um, extra kind of effort because you have to clean the brushes differently because you can't just wash it off with water because it's oil and you um, have to um, the additives that you have to use to get a perfect a perfectly layered painting is really important so you have to have a bunch of different oils that are um, like clear oils and then you also have to go through a curing process, which can actually take up to six months. You have to layer thick paint over thin paint. So it's a little bit more complex. With acrylic yeah. paint, you can just, anything you, if you screw something up, you can just put some paint over it and it's dry within 20 minutes. You know? Oh, wow. So you can layer okay. it quickly. But if you do that with oil paint, it'll crack. So you really have to be careful. Oh, it'll crack because it's become part of the canvas. Yeah, it goes through a curing process. Mm -hmm. So um, typically your curing process process should only take about a week um, at most, you know, for the paint to dry. But if you put thick paint um, underneath thin paint, then you'll get that cracking from that thin paint on top because that thicker paint is still trying to dry. Oh, that makes sense. It's just like uh, your, your normal ground when you have so much water coming through and as the water evaporates you'll see your ground exactly. cracking yeah exactly like that that's really cool it's a good I'm just analogy. thinking about paint now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right all right cool um so what um motivated you to be an artist what really brought you into that world i mean you said you uh, started um, when you were you were 12, 12 years old, but did you have any inclination towards this before this? Or um, I think that you know uh, when I was a kid, you know, just drawing like Disney cartoons and things like that. Mm -hmm. I I just I knew that I liked art, and when I was really really young, I started collecting art supplies. Kind of, I always loved crayons and all the different mm -hmm. colors. Um, even though now the majority of my work is actually black and white. <laughs> I love black. <laughs> just, yeah. it, it's very pretty. But um, um, the, 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 just the variety of things that you could use always just kind of made me interested in it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I don't think that I'm like a completely creative. I, I don't think that like, you know how some people they're basically all creativity and no math, no science. They just, mm -hmm. they're all art. I yeah. don't think I'm like that person. I'm more uh, of like a, an in-between half and half. Like I can see the art. I can see anything and draw it verbatim. But I also have this kind of like business side to me or entrepreneur deep inside. So nice. um, even though, but at the same time, like art really always has been just an interest in general to me. Mm -hmm. And um, even now, like one of the things that I do is teach uh, students in Nigeria. Oh, wow who I've met through Facebook, I've got, well, I have one student that I've been teaching for a couple of years mm -hmm. and then, um, and he's in his like twenties. So, but it's hard there because they can't, they don't have the same opportunities that we have here as yeah, far as education true. and things like that. So, um, I've, I've just made him like videos on YouTube and then he just goes back and I correct his work kind of live in a video and then show it to him. That's really cool. And, uh, he's, he's, he's awesome at realism you know he's doing a perfect job on realism so that's um, really cool yeah so i like doing things like that too just kind of like giving back to people and yeah. um, using kind of that business side a little bit too just by <laughs> running my own business and not kind of working for anyone even though i wouldn't mind being like an art director mm -hmm. i think i'm just kind of a natural leader you know yeah but anyway no that's really cool <laughs> So I was thinking about, um, there's this one guy I follow on Twitter, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, probably heard him, he's an actor as well. Um, but he started this company, this website with his brother called hitrecord.org. And is it hitrecord.com? Can't remember. But hitrecord is all about, you know, just hit the record button and just start shooting. So he... They were into film and they wanted to shoot some stuff. So they're like, you know, well, let's create this community where 
I'm a good, you know, like for example, you're a good, great illustrator or, uh, um, you know, you've got real talent in that area, but then somebody is, has written a really nice piece that could go with an art that you could draw. So there's a lot of, there's a ton of collaboration going on over there. They've been around for a few years now. And um, I'm, I recently started following, or I mean, I've been following um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joe, but recently I have the bell icon on. So every time he has a tweet, <laughs> I get a message and he's constantly, you know, sending, you know, go check out this project. You have a, do you have a black and white photo on your phone? Go, go here and post it here. So there's a ton of collaboration and what people will do is they'll, uh, like people will post up audio, no, audio voiceovers. They'll put up um, images, photos, something somebody has drawn and music. And then and, and somebody will basically take all of those together and make a, like a short film. Awesome. It's really, really cool. I'll so there's a, check that out. Yeah. That right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, there was this one uh, post that he had posted recently where he's like, somebody had posted this uh, a, an image of a robot and another person posted an image of a illustration of a little tweet bird or a bird. So this one dude, he goes on the side of a wall, he paints both of those images together. And the third person basically films the whole thing. And now it's like a little short video with music attached to it and all came out of this community. Oh, that's such a great idea. I love it's really it. Really cool. It's really cool. So I, 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 I like that. Yeah. I tell people, you know, go check it this out. And if you don't have story ideas, because a lot of time, like a videographer myself, I don't have story ideas, but I love to shoot. So I go there and I say, okay, let's see what I can find. If there's a script, if there's, a short thing that I can shoot around and they have these challenges going on as well. It's really cool. It's really awesome. I'll be checking that out right after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, I met some people on Instagram in the past and one was a photographer and um, he knew a model. So mm. I don't know if you've seen this on my Instagram, but we collaborated mm. and the girl, you know, we took a, a we did like a three hour session, uh, photography shoot all on like Skype and um, I later took her images and mm -hmm. inked over them so it's like she's nice. kind of like moving her hands through the ink and things like that so it looks yeah. really cool. it's a different type of thing but the collaboration is a lot of fun yeah it's very very important and um, without collaboration we'd um, just be sitting doing nothing i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true it definitely makes a lot more like you said that's so cool with like the robot the bird and then you know putting in a little animation music that's such a great idea stuff like yeah. that so really i think fun. some people could definitely play with my art <laughs> yeah you know so so a lot of a lot of your art it looks like it could be expanded and have multiple like some of some of the things are like on it on one canvas but looks like you can expand it and have it on multiple canvases and one thing that i keep thinking about is you know i have it, this empty space <laughs> in my living room and it's it's this really wide wall and i don't want to put like a random photo there or random painting because a lot of the times the painting is you know four by three or you know, they have specific sizes. I like, I want it super wide and I just haven't found that. I mean, I keep looking and looking, but a lot of your artwork, it expands multiple artboards. And I was like, what if I could take, you know, four of them and put these, put them all together in, in such a way that it, from far away, you could see this image, but then it also fills out the wall nicely. Yeah. Keep thinking of different ways of, yeah, something on that space. in my um in my husband's office in mm. dc he's got uh just like a plethora of my inks <laughs> on his walls and, and they just he just kind of arranged them in a different way that yeah. you know maybe a frame like 
up a little bit and then the other next one down a little bit and then the one mm-hmm. next one in the middle or something and it just looks awesome it looks it's like a really cool way to do it but um there's so many different ways that you can frame things and for that um my other friend he he takes photos you know he travels the world a lot so he takes photos and he just puts them behind glass mm-hmm. so there's no frame around it yeah so all you can see is like so there's just no edge and, just and no that's edge. like a really easy way to put it on the wall and also a lot less expensive way yeah. to put them put them on your wall and make it look really cool exactly there's even this site i think i ran into where they'll print your photos on top of glass oh yeah that's that's cool but i was like looking at it and i was like okay this this sounds pretty cool so we'll have to collaborate with my wife and figure out what we want to put over there right (laughs) because again living room is a space yeah what she likes because living room is a space we you know it's it's like okay if if big companies coming then you know it's reserved for like adults and and uh, uncles and parents because but anytime like my friends and they come over you know we're hanging out in in the family room or in the backyard right (laughs) in my workshop (laughs) (laughs) awesome well um we talked about a lot of cool things and into illustration and uh, we talked about your motivation your journey how we came here Hmm. is there something you know i'm I'm just blanking right now so um you like video editing mm -hmm. that's something that we're we're always looking at video editors and and when when myself diana and chris we met yesterday we're like you know we need we need an editor and we need somebody who can edit our videos because chris was like yeah i have eight terabytes of footage (laughs) that i've shot (laughs) oh my goodness yeah (laughs) and i was like you know i have like a few terabytes myself just sitting around all this random videos that i shot but you need you really need a story um to go along those videos. And I keep looking through all of my content. I was like, this is really cool. How would I combine it and put it together? Yeah, it sounds like you need almost like a storyboard. Yes. uh, Of this, or not even like a full-fledged storyboard. It could even be just something quick and sketchy. Yeah. Just to show, you know, and you could even make that with the video that you have, kind of almost Mm. like a trailer. True Um, that. But yeah, it's definitely uh, something I like to do is edit a little bit. Um, I use like a, the Adobe Suite. Mm-hmm. Are you? I don't know if you use that, but I have yep. the Adobe Creative Cloud. And yeah, Adobe I Suite. Love Premiere and mm-hmm. and then there's like After Effects, and you can do so much with it. Um, oh yeah, make it look really professional. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, I like. No, you're right. You're totally right. I just gotta. I just gotta storyboard it out and make basically come up with a story that would use the the videos that i've shot right yeah mm. and that takes that takes, takes a lot of mind power yeah it takes yeah exactly you have to put the brain power into it to make it happen <laughs> yeah and that's kind of um kind of i feel like sometimes i get focused on one area mm-hmm. uh and that, like, I'll do a video for a while and then it'll just sit on my computer and I'll just be letting it kind of, I don't know, manifest into something. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, eventually I'll go back to it and edit the video and finally put it out there. I've got yeah. like, like three or four videos that I could just, I could put out there at any mm-hmm. point. It's just, I think about all those details and like yeah. what, and that's the important thing too. Like, how do you create that story, and how do you how do you make it good enough that people actually want to watch it? Exactly. And what do you want it to be about? And and if you start making this one story, then what's your next story going to be? Are you going to be like an inspirational type person? Are you going to be? Um, are you just going to tell a drama? Are you yeah. going to make a comedy? You know, and you have to kind of think about all that with yeah. even your first production. And I think it can change over time. It can evolve. You don't have to get too pigeonholed into one area. Yeah, you don't have to. Um, and, and it's good to stay open, I think. Yeah, I think that's where I'm stuck at myself because I have so many different areas of interest and I, I keep coming along and I'm like, okay, I keep sitting with a pencil and a paper 
and I write stuff down like, okay, this makes sense. What's the next thing? And it's like squirrel effect, you know? Yeah. They go look at that squirrel. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely, you definitely need a quiet space so you can let your mind wander and um, then refocus so then you can, and I think it, it helps when you talk to other people who have gone through the process. It definitely helps. Yeah. Have you heard of, okay, two things. Have you heard mm-hmm. of 90 day year? Have you heard of that strategy? No. Well, the idea behind that is you have four 90 day increments in a year. So if you just focus on one thing, whether it's building your YouTube channel, making a short film, um, you know, for me, it might be making several paintings or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just see what you can do for 90 days and then see how you feel after those 90 days. If you mm. want to change it for the next 90 days, but literally focus on one thing like hardcore. One thing. I think that's like a really good strategy, even though I don't personally implement it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. I like, like I think about it and, uh, but I'm just like you, I have such a wide variety of interests. I, I yeah. kind of get bored um, doing the same thing. And I think a lot of that is just kind of our modern technology in our modern society yeah where we're at now so um we all kind of like to do different things absolutely um but i have another friend Mm -hmm. uh his name is cody ray lucero on instagram and -hmm. i've watched him over the past couple years and he has just focused on being a rap artist and now he's got like over ten thousand fans nice he's got over a million listens on spotify he has tons of songs that he just keeps you know, he just keeps working on it hard, you know, and now he's doing shows and, um, you know, he's, he's really like, I don't know, his big thing is like, just focus on one thing. And I would talk to him about, you know, he would say, well, I kind of want to be maybe like a music producer. I don't know. Yeah. And stuff like that. But at the same time, he's still hitting it hard on the one thing that he wants to do. And he has grown his audience, you know, tenfold over these past two years i mean he started just where i did i only have like 800 followers on instagram but i don't really post that much and i don't have a consistent addiction like he does and Mm -hmm. it really does show what focus can do for you Um, no absolutely there's a book called the one thing i don't know if you've heard of it um i might have heard of that but you'll have to tell me so he this is by um, the one thing he basically talks about how you should just focus on one thing. It, sometimes it's only the thing you do, but it's only the one thing that delivers extraordinary res- results. It's uh, who's the author on this book? Where's the guy? Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. They're the two authors for this book. And they have a 66-day challenge. And you basically focus on one thing for 66 days. And then that becomes your uh, hobby or your habit, not hobby. The hobby then becomes a habit. So, again, workflows and then focusing on that one thing. Just like you said, 90 day year. You're focusing, focusing on one thing only you're able to get more out of it because now people see you that you're the expert in that specific area. Right. And just like you've, I think you focused pretty well on your um, ink addict from Mm -hmm. the future ability on Instagram, because, you know, that's the main thing everybody gets from you that you've got really, so you've got that focus down already. Right. And, um, What's really cool is as you get that habit down, now you can add one more thing to this habit. Mm-hmm. It's like you're already brushing your teeth every day, twice a day. Just add a habit to you know floss your teeth, maybe at nighttime. Or before you go to bed, instead of taking your phone, read five pages from a book, put it, put it at your nightstand, and go to sleep. So now you're building it, building habits in, attached with something that you already do by default. So that's, that's uh, the one thing that he talks about in the book. And it's really cool. And I think it falls in line with the 90 day year. Yeah. 
yeah, it really just it shows how important it is to focus. And yeah. um, I think if if we could all find more of that focus, and like exactly. we were saying, or like I was saying earlier, just that in a modern world, excuse me, <laughs> I need to cough. <laughs> um, in a modern world, it's difficult to maintain that focus, and if it you is. do that. Yeah, you, you just have one up in the game of life, you know. So. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I think mainly it's a squirrel effect that we all have. It's like, oh, let me go see what he's doing. Right, shiny object. I'm getting bored. Yeah, the shiny object effect, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, if you so, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income says, um, the riches are in the niches, meaning when you niche down and you just focus on the one thing that you're great at, you can build that audience. Just like your friend, he's like, I'm just going to focus on rap and nothing else. Right. And since he has that side dream of being a producer, definitely, I I mean, I feel like that will definitely be something that he gets out of his life in the future. Exactly. So really cool. I'll have to check out. Oh, one more thing. Um, Jake Parker, he does um, Inktober every year. And I read his website and he said, if you're an artist, and this is one of the best things, one of the best tips I could even give an artist as well, mm-hmm. which is turn your um, projects into products. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm doing Inktober. I, I've done that for the past two years. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if I can turn that into a coloring book, then I'll be better off you know because then i can make money off of you know what i've done and i've made a coloring book before so this would just be another coloring book and it would also fulfill my interest in doing the inktober which if you don't know what inktober is it's a yeah i've heard of days yeah i've heard (coughs) sorry yes i've heard of the term uh, inktober in fact um, there is a connection of mine on linkedin he did the Inktober and he's done some amazing illustration. I was like, wow, dude, that's, those are amazing, amazing illustrations. I can't remember his name, but um, uh, when I do find him, I will let you know his name. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's become such a movement. And for Jake mm-hmm. Parker, it's, you know, he's the, kind of the go-to now for Inktober. He does the annual prompt prompt list and he um you know inspires so many people so that's really cool that's really cool that's something i don't know if um you wanted to talk about but uh Mm -hmm. who inspires me yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) your inspiration yeah uh so uh there's a guy on youtube his name is peter draws and Mm -hmm. he does ink drawings and he just does kind of like nilly willy ink drawings and he's been doing it for years and he's done some glow ink episodes and he makes videos and he's added songs to his little videos now <laughs> and he just talks over the top of it about you know whatever he feels like talking about yeah um but he's very encouraging to other artists and i wasn't really doing much with ink until i saw his uh youtube videos and yeah. i was like you know i'm actually interested in and picking up ink again because I've always thought it was a really interesting medium to work with. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally since uh, 2017, I've been inking because of that guy. <laughs> so wow. just a uh, little props to Peter Draws there. Uh, Holy he's, smokes. He's, he's got really, some really amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. He's really cool. He's really um, developed his style over the years and mm-hmm. he kind of goes through uh, like a period of time where he, he's sticking with kind of one thing. Um, right now he's doing more um, straight line projects and he used mm-hmm. to do all, he would never really do many straight lines. So it's cool. And sometimes he does these little dioramas where he um, draws lines out from his uh, artwork and he, mm-hmm. he writes what it is and, and he'll make just really funny statements about what's <laughs> in the art. So, um, but he, uh, he's really cool. Definitely one to check out. And also, uh, draw with jazza i think it's called something like mm-hmm. that he's got like four million plus followers wow. on youtube yeah and he he just kind of he does characters all day like cartoon characters and wow he's really good at it 
I watched one of his videos where he tried to draw realism again and he was like, this is so bad. You know, <laughs> he was like just drawing this little uh, pencil sharpener and he, he was like, oh man, I just haven't done realism in so long. And it's funny yeah. because his characters are like realistic characters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it's interesting how everyone kind of goes down their own path, but you do start with realism no matter who you are as an artist. Yeah. <laughs> if you master realism, kind of you gain that respect from everyone. So like if you go far enough back on my Instagram page, mm-hmm. you can see some realism. <laughs> nice. Me too, but you have to go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> well, it's okay. I'm, I'm on the computer, so I can go all the way. Scroll down really fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That that's really cool. Um, I so you've probably heard of Adam Scott through Dilbert Comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So he loved to draw also, and he. He's got a really cool book and, and where he talks about, you know, his little journey on how he, you know, grew his company or his, he got back into comics. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, he, he was working for the man. He was, you know, working for somebody else at a bank. And he was like, every time I try to quit, I would get a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing, right? So he, he's like, okay. And then the one time that he did quit his job, he found another job much better. And right after he quit, like a month later, that company went under. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like he like avoided all these calamities for just one, one reason or another. Anyhow, anyhow, he talks about how he got into um, drawing Dilbert and he, he's like, I'm just going to draw what happens in corporate culture because he spent years and years in corporate culture. He was able to pull that and, you know, start drawing these comics. And I was really fascinated by that. And then I think I picked up this one book that teaches you how to draw characters or how to draw comics and the level of details you need to have versus when it when it's too much detail because you're only fitting in it in, you know in, in a two by three inch area. So how yeah. much detail you need to provide versus um so that was really cool. Um but yeah. Yeah. That is a good point using what you've learned in your life or whatever you can take from real life. Yeah. And put it into your work. I do yeah. that with like like with uh, improv, which I do on the side. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a lot about just taking wh- who you already are as a person yeah. and emphasizing that. Um, That's really cool. Same thing. One of the artists I met um, when I was, I went to three colleges. I didn't mm-hmm. mention that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, when I was really young, I went to um, a college in my hometown and I saw this guy, his name is Rick Herd- Herder, I think, um, mm-hmm. or something like that. Don't, don't uh, quote me on that, <laughs> but I know his first name's Rick. Okay. Um, but when nine eleven happened, they actually sent. They gave him. He was a he was a guy who drew airplanes, and he did it perfectly. Mm. And um, they found him. Um, the government found him and paid him a hefty sum of money to put a couple of paintings in the Pentagon that showed the nine eleven attacks. Oh. And um, so he got all the confidential files and things like that confidential photos from those days Mm. and he was able to put them together to draw a completely accurate photo of um, basically new york city you know the layout at the time and then um or it was a huge painting not not just a drawing yeah but um one of the things he said uh, for these realistic artists um, draw for the one percent of people that will critique you not for the 99% of people that'll tell you great job. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think that's a really important thing to remember too. Very important. Yeah, you're you're not drawing it for everyone. You want it and and that that shows you the niching down, right? Niche mm-hmm. down as much as you can because yes. you're focusing on that one person that's going to tell you you know honestly what's wrong with your stuff. Right. And help you get better. Rather than everybody's like, oh, great job. You can do this. You're a superhero. Right. (laughs) Right. You're amazing. I can't believe what you've done. And it's like, and and for the artist, you get tired of hearing things like that. You just want someone to give you an honest critique. It's like, you know, 
I can only hear that for so long. Like, just tell me what I'm doing that I could do better or what you would exactly. like to see. And sometimes it takes someone to actually get angry with you and tell you off. <laughs> and they say, yeah. well, your art looks all the same anyway. Everything <laughs> looks exactly the same. And I don't like it anymore. <laughs> and it's like, okay, thank you. I needed that. <laughs> so, that's so That's so true. Because we all need criticism, even though as much as we don't want it but we need it yeah yeah it can be hard <laughs> to take sometimes i remember one time in college where i've always been good at taking criticism again because of my art teacher when i was in high school she yeah she made us all stand up put up our drawings and critique each other and in high school everyone is ruthless so um, <laughs> they'll tell you the truth about what they think so i got i got hard skin early on from that but then when i went to college we had done these self-portraits and I had taken these really accurate measurements and uh, my teacher was like, you know, this isn't correct. The proportion, there's no way it could be this way. Yeah. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, you know, I, I, I was so stubborn at that time to see that my, my teacher was actually right about that. Uh -huh. um, and, and it's, it's not healthy to be that way. I think that was the last time I took a bad critique and I, <laughs> and, or a good critique and I thought it was bad for me. Oh. <laughs> but, um, it's really, I think it's like, it, it's a learning curve to accept the criticism and just get over it. Um, another thing you have to do is uh, learn to get rid of your artwork. A lot of, you know, people, they, they start painting. I've got one of my students, she's, she's painting these realistic paintings and she, said Amanda I really don't want to part with this one you know it's my first time drawing a human and I've done it so well and I don't want to give it up and uh, I thought you know you, your house can only for one thing your house can only have so many paintings and she's exactly. filling up her walls now and not only that when I was younger I used to feel the same way so I had all of my artwork from high school mm -hmm. like you know four years of work uh, laying on my bed because I had my um, I had just had my um, graduation party mm -hmm. and the and there was a leak in my ceiling that night so oh. all of my artwork was kind of ruined from high school and that really taught me in that moment it took me years to realize I actually stopped stopped working on art for about six years after that I was so depressed yeah but and I like cried for two days straight you know oh. because it was all of my work that I had ever done and exactly. it was just and it was gone and um that made me realize, though, you just got to get rid of this stuff. <laughs> your art is there to share with the world. It's not for you to just like hoard and keep in your house. You know, exactly. you, you really got to find a way to part with it. And I think that's important for artists to know as well. No, that's that's um, that's what Marie Kondo is teaching us, right? Who? Marie Kondo. Um, she's um, all about decluttering. Oh really? I like that. <laughs> it's it's um she's she's got a show on Netflix. Oh okay. All about decluttering. Um, oh okay. Yeah. It's oh, really I should neat. check that out. Because yeah, it's, it's she's, I, she's 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 like you need to make three piles: one pile for things that really move you, one pile that doesn't do anything for you, and then that way you can eliminate all the junk in your house and you know live a much peaceful life because essentially all these things that are in our home and I'm looking around my office, it's, it's a burden on your head. It is. That is it's such a good point. I actually, um, my husband and I were, were thinking about moving to a bigger space, a two bedroom apartment instead of a one bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just the two of us. We don't, we don't necessarily need that much more space. I was thinking I needed an office and whatever, but we have a pretty big one bedroom apartment and I yeah. have two art spaces in this yeah. apartment, one in my bedroom and then one in like the kind of what would be the dining area. Yeah. And um, it's really plenty of space. So we just decided to paint our walls and kind of give it a facelift. We got new appliances from our, <laughs> from the people we rent from, which is great. But um we got rid of, I, I kid you not, maybe like 500 pounds of stuff out of our apartment in the wow. last um, few months. We've just been slowly working on it. And our living room used to have a bookshelf, um, like this Martha Stewart bin with like nine shelves on it. And then mm -hmm. like a whole shelving unit for our shoes when we walked in and things like that. And yeah. we also collect um, fine, fine minerals. Um, mm -hmm. And we so the minerals are kind of a, 
they're in like glass cases. So there, you can see a lot of different things going on in there at once. Mm. Um, so we took out everything. We took out everything except for the minerals yeah. and we painted our wall a dark color. And now there's nothing. There's, it's like nothing distracting from my work day anymore. Nice. And I had no idea the impact of all that stuff and what it was really doing to my mind and how much it was distracting me from what's important. So now it's like everything is focused on my art. And that's, that's really powerful because every time I come to my office in my basement, I'm looking around and there's piles of paper that I need to go through. There's clothes that need to be posted online. There's shelves, you know, which, which are full of stuff and they are not arranged. And I'm like, you know, I just need to focus on what I need to do right now. And then I'm going to leave this room. And I go to my workshop and there's things everywhere. There's like yeah. 10 different projects that are waiting to be finished. And I'm like, I need to get this under control because if I die tomorrow, all of this is trash. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. All the unfinished projects. Yes. <laughs> all the books we wrote in our head, all the exactly. movies we filmed in our mind. <laughs> exactly. They're all so just, true. they go with us. So it's important to just get out there and. And do all that. And also, yeah, just like you said, it's all, I never really thought about it that way, but it is just garbage if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you were to die tomorrow. Because, exactly. Um, there's, um, there's a book I recently read um, by this awesome gentleman. Um, Todd Henry, he writes a book called Die Empty. Unleash your best work every day. And he says, you know, so he started with the thing, with a question. He's like, you know, what's the most expensive land in the world? And people start naming all these, you know, Manhattan, Paris, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, it's the graveyards because all the people that died, that didn't envision their plans, right? And on the, on the last day of, of your, you know, before you die, you're not going to be like, oh, I wish I spent one more day at work. No. You would say, I wish I had shot that film. I, I wish I had written that book and do, you know, do that thing that's really in your head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right yeah, if you just on the money. do all those things that come to you as yeah. they happen, then exactly. it, won't, it won't become like a snowball of items you haven't done, a huge yeah. list of things you haven't done. It'll just become the one thing or the many things that you have done. So, yes. Yeah, it's a really good way to look at it, especially, yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, I don't have, I'm not forced to do anything. I, I just, I can run my own business. I can make money or I cannot make money. It doesn't yeah. matter too much because, you know, my husband provides a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's inner commitment that I need and, and yeah. inner motivation and, and things like that. Yeah. But, um, it oh, takes a lot of effort. Not real. <laughs> yeah. you, you have to just force yourself to do things. Yes, exactly. It takes a lot of effort. I spoke with uh, this gentleman today, uh, Tyler Christensen, and he talks, he's a teacher author and you know, his in his journey, he talks about how he, was just a student and uh, he was talking to, I mean, he was a, te- he's a teacher and he's talking to the, to his students about the importance of blogging. And then, so the kids, you know, one of the kids asked like, do you have a blog? And he's like, well, I used to write and he hadn't written in a while. So he, he really loved um, football. So he started writing a blog on football. And so he's able to grow each of this, each of his little blogs into something substantial and then move on to the next one. So I was like, you know, that's a really cool idea. And, and when I was at his website and I was like, he's got all these things that he does. He he looks just like me <laughs> based on, you know, what he's doing with his mind. I need to do something. So my wife, my website looks like this and I, I have some place that I can send people go check this guy out. Because right now, if you just go to my website, supergenetic.com, it's just blog posts about random things. There's no introduction. You don't know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So I think I need to revamp and, and do that for myself as well. Yeah. I feel like I keep, even like for the website, I'll do like even 70% of it and then I'll lose focus on it. 
Yes. And then it, it's like, I just want someone to do this for me. Just yeah. <laughs> sell all my art for me because I'm, I don't like the sales aspect of things. And I don't like the website building as much anymore. I'll, I'll build websites. You know, yeah. sometimes a friend will ask me to do a side project and help them with their website, build a blog, whatever, whatever they yeah. need, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's like, easier when you do it for somebody else because yeah. you're not attached <laughs> to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's definitely where I'm at. And yeah. that's why it's good also to get side projects because, you know, working for others is a lot easier, even if yes. you just met them or whatever. Yeah, it is a lot easier. All right. We've talked about a lot of amazing things. We've gone into your mind and pulled some really awesome stuff out. <laughs> it's really passionate. Lots of lots of learning experiences let's uh, let's ask some of the questions that i ask my guests okay what is one hobby that you wish you got into oh so the main thing is stand up comedy i always wanted to be a stand up comedian but um and i do improv now i've been doing it like 1.5 years nice and you can see me do the improv i do like maybe four shows a month now but I still haven't <laughs> gained the stamina, the strength to go mm-hmm. out and do do the stand-up. So I think, um, unfortunately, I've been letting fear guide my life a little bit in that yeah. regard. But hopefully I'll be doing that uh, in the next six months. Uh, I've talked to a couple other girls and we're all going to go to an open mic together. So it's not as hard. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. we're going to take our first shot at it. So um, that's for me, that's definitely the one thing that the final frontier for me that I haven't, the you know, done. So nice. I like it. Um, I've, I've, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian for a while as well. And, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun so far. Um, I've, I got into the video area, um, video production and, and whatnot, but it's been not the comedy part yet. Yeah, see, that's what I think. Like, maybe I could implement the comedy a little bit more into my art videos. I know in a couple of them, I did put a little comedy in there, like just like subtle humor. And um, people who actually listened to it watched the whole video. Uh, (laughs) When when they caught that part, they were like, oh, that's really funny. You know, that's that's good. (laughs) It's like, I just need to actually maybe go for it and make a funny video, you know, like just actually focus on that because that would be fun uh, to do. And now I've got this full-time group. We practice every Sunday and then we do the shows. So there's no reason not to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you're already have an audience that's interested in what you're talking about. So mm-hmm. might as well. Yeah. Um, might as well bring it out. Awesome. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Um, mine is The Prestige from a long time ago. Uh, oh, I like that one. Yeah, I really like it just because it it really was one of the last movies I watched that kind of surprised me halfway through and then it surprised me a couple more times until the ending, which was rather striking. And um, if a movie can do that, I'm pretty happy about it. The problem is after that movie, um, I think it was after that movie, I went to game art and design school. (laughs) And so now like I know how what to expect with movies and story like because I took uh, all the advanced creative writing courses that I could I maxed out my creative writing so I learned a lot about you know when you watch a movie or read a book this is how it's going to happen or this is how it should happen so now I feel like I'm ready for every twist and I'm always predicting things and my husband will be like oh yeah you predicted that in that show like six (laughs) episodes ago and I was like yeah well (laughs) If the writer just follows the rules of writing, then, yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. so. But that was a Have good you one. ever thought of, of writing like a, for a, like a short film or? Yeah, actually, I have a really awesome um, book idea that I've written two full chapters and mm-hmm. uh, I've written the premise for 22 chapters. It's a full, it's the full thing. Nice. But, um, and I think about it because it would be a very good story to tell. It'd be a very good movie. Um, nice and it would be and it's something that i still haven't seen out there yet so um i would love to do that i have a couple ideas like that and i write some short stories on the side i just don't do anything with them nice yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just no. one of those other things that i do yeah no it's important to have have something 
um, because as shooters and, and as cinematographers, we're all looking, we're all, always looking for those stories. And uh, I was uh, talking to my friend Diana, and she's like, you know, I want to enter um, a film festival next year. So mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to write a story. And I think she's written some really cool things, pretty dark ones as well. And um, we'll see what what happens. That sounds awesome. I would love if you ever if you ever want to like collaborate on something like that. And you oh, want we would love story. to collaborate. Yeah, we're I all have, local, anyways. Yeah, totally. And I have a cool. Um, I have a really cool story. I've told it to people, and they they really think it's a cool story. That you know, they're always asking like, "How did you come up with that? That's such a yeah. different premise or whatever." And nice. I think that it um, it's not like totally crazy out there, innovative because like you know you can you can get a little too weird and like people don't accept it. <laughs> But um, it just—it's just a unique story. It's just—it's a good story, and I would love to share it. Awesome! We'd love to talk more about it. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to collaborate in the future. <laughs> oh yes, something. we are. Oh yes, we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. What? Uh, so you talked about your favorite movie. Um, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Would it be The Prestige? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it would be The Prestige. <laughs> I think I would do um, a movie based on time travel. Uh, Ooh, I love probably, time travel. Um, what's that one? It's like one of my favorites. <laughs> I think it's like something about the time traveler. I think that's what it's called. The time travel, okay. Where he goes back, uh, this guy goes back in time and he keeps trying to save his wife for a while and then it doesn't work for him. The time uh, machine. Oh, that's what it is. Time machine. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. So I would be him in that movie. <laughs> I would be a guy, I guess. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I would just travel through time. I loved that movie. Yeah, how, that was really good. How they depicted time travel and everything yeah. and how he went to a totally different time. And, and the he just went to the future. He's like, all right, screw it. Yeah. I'm just going to the future. And they accepted that life was the way it was, the people that he met. And then he saved them like by thinking outside the box. I love yeah. that element of it. Yeah. Guy Pierce. Oh, not yeah. Guy Ritchie. <clears throat> yeah, you got it. <laughs> awesome. All right. So Amanda's going to be Guy Ritchie, <laughs> the scientist and inventor. That's right. To time travel. A major physicist. Yes. <laughs> physics was always something I really loved. So oh, physics was amazing. Yeah. It's funny because I wasn't really that big into math, but mm-hmm. as soon as I took physics, I was like, man, like this it's stuff a totally is different, so interesting. Yeah. It's the application of mathematics, not just right. plus minus. Yeah. How does a curve work? How, how does, and that plays into animation quite a bit because you it need does. to squash squashing a ball and stretching a ball and yeah. um making a perfect arc and timing and how it goes faster and then slower and you know it's very interesting so. it is it is it's, it's, it's really cool all right so who is your favorite superhero um superhero <laughs> man I, i'm gonna go with uh deadpool <laughs> <laughs> actually it's not even deadpool it's probably like that girl who, who's in the latest deadpool movie and she has the skill of luck because he's oh, like yeah. he keeps telling her luck is not a skill but she yeah. has like the craziest luck that makes her survive and everything and and so she's my favorite i don't know who she is but lucky just, strike like, is it oh is that her name something yeah she's awesome she's it? awesome she's got that that awesome skill she's going for her <laughs> Nice. I like it. All right. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Ooh, board game. <laughs> I like uh, kind of like more complex board games. Like, um, hmm, but which one would I actually be? I think I'm going to pick a card game, <laughs> which is Flux. Uh, it was actually created by a couple of people who I think live in D.C. or the D.C. metro region at least. Okay. And they quit their jobs, I think, at NASA uh, to, to do this, or at least one of them worked there or something, mm-hmm. um, to make games. And they've become wildly successful. But Flux, I, I choose that because it's an ever-evolving game. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, you know, it cha- the rules change as you play the game. So that's what I really like. Nice. Is it F-L-U-X-X? Yep. That's good. Nice. 
Yeah, they've come really cool. This looks really cool. Now. Yeah, it's a fun little family game. There's one uh, with Marvel. Marvel sucks game. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know one time as a gift, someone gave me Mar- uh, flux for pir- like pirates. Pirate <laughs> <flux>. <laughs> one of the rules was you had to like say arg. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just stick to the regular one. <laughs> That's really cool. I'll have to check it out. Awesome. Well, uh, the last question is where can my audience find you? Oh, okay. So I'm artist A Parker on Instagram, which is Artista Parker. I actually get a lot of Spanish followers because of that. <laughs> and um, I didn't even realize at the time I was just putting artist A Parker. Yeah. Um, I'm also on uh, artistamandaparker.com. Okay. And you can follow me on Facebook at artist, uh, facebook.com slash artistamandaparker. Fantastic. Um, and I think on Twitter is at artist a Parker, but mostly I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I don't really, and then I'm on YouTube as well as artist a Parker. Awesome. I'll be sure to include all of these cool links to the show notes so people can get to you and look at your drawings and all the crazy stuff you're doing on there. (laughs) Okay, great. Can I, I have one last question for you. Absolutely. So what do you think about um, Instagram as far as like on my Instagram page, I have ink drawings and things like that, but we were talking about this kind of lack of focus. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in my story, you get like comedy and stuff like that. You get like the fun side of me. Mm -hmm. But um, do you think that- When you say story, is that Instagram story? Yeah, Instagram stories. Yeah. So do you prefer personally, do you think I should add more of that personal side of me to my Instagram page? Um, or just kind of keep going with just the ink drawings and not really anything about myself. Um, well, there. there's two things you could do, right? So on your Instagram, you're bringing people in based on what you're doing and what you're offering. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if, if you're converting these ink drawings into artwork that people can buy, so... Focus on you know bringing those, and then in your IGTV is where you can have your comedy. Yeah, while that's you're what, drawing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, so I, I'm going to just implement more video because I think that people are really going toward the video lately. Oh my god, video is going to blow. Oh up. yeah, for sure. Blowing up. Oh my god. And we're kind of on the cutting edge of that. I mean, we are. In the past, like few years, it's really started. They've really started hitting video hard. And if you make a video on Instagram, it's going to get mm-hmm. a lot more views than just a, a static photo. Just so. a static photo, yeah. Because there's motion. There's it's more than one photo, right? It's a thousand photo. And wait, so we have thirty seconds. No, they give you a thirty seconds video, right? Mm-hmm. So thirty seconds, and in thirty seconds, you can have thirty. In one second, you can have thirty frames. So that's 30 times 30. That's, that's a lot of photos. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's like a thousand photos in one, in one video. Um, yeah, so that's really good. And just, late, just yesterday, Apple announced a new iPhone 11 Pro. And with it, um, Filmic Pro, which is a um, film shooting app for the iPhone, mentioned that you can now shoot with all four video cameras at the same time. Oh, that's cool. On their phone. So yeah, if you're doing awesome. like a video, like like uh, you have two people playing instruments, you can like, or, or if you're doing an interview, you can just set your phone in the middle, both look at the camera, and voila, you don't need two cameras anymore. That's it's just great. blowing everybody's mind right now. It's everybody's like, holy smokes, where did this yeah, come from? <laughs> you definitely have to like take advantage of these advancements as they happen. If you can exactly. be exactly. one of the first people, it gives you an edge. Yeah. But, um, so you think that uh, for the Instagram page, like as long as I personalize the video, like the IGTV videos and like, yeah. And then what you can all, what, yeah, that would be enough. And then what, what they also, what also noticed is that you can have the IGTV video playing like they they let you make a post of that IGV, IGTV video, right. so then right. they'll take you to the IGTV to do that too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, because yeah. it's because you have ink photos, then you have ink drawings as you're drawing, 
So that becomes the focus point that everybody's looking at. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad to hear your take on that. I I like to ask people like what they think, you know, about that. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. I need to get better on that myself. (laughs) Yeah. I I just need to get better at consistency, you know, just sticking with the focus. I've had a kind of a rough summer. uh, So now that I'm like more back into it, I have more time. I can really focus on everything again. I need to just do it. (laughs) Just make it happen. Awesome. Well, Amanda, this was really nice talking to you. Thank thank you so much for your time. Have a good day. And thank you again. Take care. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.